Hello, welcome to Concession Impressions, the podcast where we watch a film and then we review it immediately after. Today, we are back to our origin. We are at the Hollywood Universal City Walk AMC Theater, and we're in the parking lot, so forgive us for... uh, any bad sound cars you normally we drive to like an abandoned wasteland little something so it's a little bit less quiet but today we're we're in the heat of the all the universal goers there are tons of things happening yep just like this film today we watched amsterdam or as i like to call it hamster damn amster was he kind of like an amster damn this movie's good or amster damn this movie sucks what do you think Chase. It's more of an Amsterdam. I wish this movie would end, you know. It was really long. I mean, it's like two, almost two and a half hours. I hate to say this, but I checked my phone three times. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I wanted to check my phone too. So, which is sad because it has a great cast. It has Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anna Taylor Joy, just an, to name a few. And it's an Oscar winning director, Oscar winning cinematographer. Like everything about this should be good and it just didn't meet the measure for me that's sad i was kind of looking forward to this one as well i mean the cast alone i mean these are like basically all of the most awarded and lauded actors of the last five years and then taylor swift (laughs) yeah (laughs) on top of that though i just want to throw out that i thought it was really funny that they kind of some of the big names from like each category Mm. like you have like christian bale and like these kind of more Christian Bale, JD, yeah, JD Washington, Denzel Washington's son. <laughs> I think that's what they, I think that's what people call him, yeah. Denzel I think Washington that's what that goes with. I'm Denzel Washington's son, Margot Robbie, and then Robert De Niro. Well, and also, uh, what's that guy's name? He looks like my brother, yeah. Michael Shannon and Rami Malik and Anya Taylor Joy are all like dramatic actors and genre actors, and then oh, and Zoe Saldana as well. And then you have Chris Walken and Mike Myers who are, who are like, like comedians, big comedians, yeah. and then you have Taylor swift who's like a huge huge musician and you have yeah yeah, and you have all these famous people from different parts of the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. maybe it drama comedy music but all of them together didn't really none of them really kind of felt like they were utilized yeah and i will say that i don't think it's their fault i don't think it's their fault i think they were giving it as much as they possibly could yeah i think it was an abysmally structured story yeah with a really weird idiosyncratic dialogue and and like the scenes were like terribly structured in my opinion as well there was no tension whatsoever yeah yeah there was at no point in the film did i feel engaged (laughs) tense the only scene i thought was i thought this was gonna be the second movie in the last few years that was gonna be robert de niro getting assassinated while he was talking could be yeah almost he was that happened that's right is that also Robert De Niro was in um, Joker right yeah okay so I thought that was going to be the thing but oh I guess that's kind of a spoiler that he doesn't die he doesn't doesn't die he doesn't get assassinated I will say Taylor Swift's death was very funny wait 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 (laughs) talking about structure Chase sorry all right Should, should we give a like see it or not see it yeah also we were able to see this film almost two weeks prior to its 
official release. Yes. So, I mean, by the time we upload this, it's going to be about a week before it officially releases. But we were able to see it about two weeks before. The Q&A. Yeah, we also had like an interesting Q&A session. So I kind of want to give a see it, don't see it. But I also, part of me, what do you think about like not super treading into super spoilers? I don't know. I actually don't really care about this film. Never mind. I take it back all the last 30 seconds of what I just said. <laughs> I think let's rip it to shreds because it, right. it needs to be. Sure. If, all right. if we're it. not going to do it, then somebody else will. See it, so don't see let's, it. Let's do it. Don't don't waste your time. It's two and a half hours long and it feels like six. Yeah, I feel like um, if someone puts out on like YouTube like a clips of like just a certain some of the like best parts of the film or even some of like maybe the trailer kind of has some of the best parts maybe like i think some yeah. of the jokes and like some a few like there's a sprinkle of like a few very good lines or some funny jokes or maybe and i think it's because of the talent in the, the movie itself because he even says in the the q a that they have a script but then they did some that was just like improv and i feel like i have a feeling that the improv or those best scenes were maybe from those times where those actors i think a lot stuff. of this movie was improv that I, that's what sense. it feels like to it, me. it definitely feels like it so my in a review bad way would be also don't see it yeah yeah so there it is we both say don't see it now let's jump into the spoiler section and let's rip this movie to shred. Yes. Amsterdam. <laughs> All right. So you were saying. I think actually what is the most frustrating aspect of this movie for me is I think there is a lot of good little moments that could have added up to something. Mm -hmm. And it feels like for whatever reason, all the best parts of this movie got like left on the editing. I, it's so wild to me that you have this trio at the front of the film mm -hmm. and they don't ever talk about their relationship hardly ever i mean they talk, they spend a whole lot of time agonizing over it but they never show anything they never develop it at all they it's just this like mysterious amsterdam yeah so to go off that point it follows christian bale margot robbie and john david washington's characters who all met through world war one so they formed a bond when they're in their time in the hospital and they during world war one during world war one and then it, it jumps or it kind of then the main part of the story takes place later where they are reached out by taylor swift, taylor swift. so taylor yeah. swift comes to them to solve a murder of the her murder father. of her father who was their previous gen not general but like leader of their regiment military stuff yeah and the movie ensues it kind of picks up like a lot of these little like oh interview this person check out this person they might have information and it goes it kind of follows these characters going talk to all these kind of big names throughout yeah i mean the central kind of concept is this is a murder mystery yes with a political underpinnings yeah it doesn't really it doesn't really it, it almost avoids being that the entire time yeah, it, I don't know. It's for these like weird little small character moments with these like random actors. Yeah, who doesn't really like and these just like these anything. And I also flatly feel like... delivered lines. Yeah, the delivery of all of the lines was so flat and monotone and weird for the vast majority of the film. Yeah, I will say that there is two things that 
I found one is just the worst part of the film for me. And then one thing that I caught, I wanted to see if you caught. So let me just, let me go through the worst part first. The worst part of the movie was when they go to visit Robert De Niro, who was just doing nothing. They just go in there. Oh, we want you to do this. And then his line literally was, I'm going to do this. And then he goes downstairs and talks to the guy. And then he just like happens to get him to explain the entire bad guy story. That happens several times throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, but that scene particularly, like just because like Robert De Niro was just like, oh, OK. And then he just like repeats it as if like the audience doesn't understand it. But he just like yeah. says everything again, like, oh, OK, you want me to then go in front of everyone and then tell them this master plan. And then he like winks almost at everyone. It's like, haha, I understand. I'm just doing what I'm told. Like he doesn't do his importance as a character like was not like he was just there as a name. He was a plot device. That was the worst part of the film. Yeah. But really quickly, before you say other things, because I know you want to say other things. Did you notice in the scenes after that, they're in the theater and Rami Malek is giving a speech about the drops. Mm -hmm. Did you notice the the like weird stitching? Weird stitching where they st they stitched two shots together in the same angle, but I think they had the oh, same shot. And you'll see, I noticed his mouth transforms like they were meshing in the two shots together. Oh, I didn't catch that. It totally threw me off. If you do watch this film, and near the end when they're in the theater, Rami Malek is giving a speech. Not to speech, but he's talking to Robert De Niro and Christian Bale. There's a moment where while he's talking, you you can notice his mouth warps while he's giving his speech. You know what I bet happened? Is they did an improv scene and they tried to stitch a couple different moments to build a better scene than they had. I, I mean, probably this they did, but it was like super noticeable because it was like the same exact framing and everything. But the only thing was just like his mouth was just warping all over the place. That might have been at the point that I was just kind of checked out. I mean, probably, towards the end, I really just was like, I, I already know what this movie is trying to do. I already can tell you what the ending is, yeah. especially like the part. Oh, there's so much frustrating about this movie. Even the fact that in the Q&A interview section, David O. Russell was like, it's like literary and it's told like a novel or something. Said yeah. something along those lines. And um, I sort of understand what he's trying to say, but that's not how you translate like the internal thoughts of characters is I think what he was trying to get at. Mm. And also kind of the meandering way in which the story moves. But and maybe the cast, the like wide variety cast of characters. I don't know. It's just this movie is so disappointing <laughs> on multiple levels. And like you could dissect almost every aspect of this movie from the themes, from the different subjects that they bring up. Even like the like random aside that Margot Robbie's character is like a Dada artist. Like she just represents Dadaism as like a concept almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so random. And it's actually not that random for World War One leading into World War Two. That, that that was the Dada era, but it's not applied properly in this movie at all. Yeah. Just every bit of this movie frustrates me. I also wasn't a big fan of, I feel like the, the cinematography felt similar to like Wes Anderson, where it had a lot of those, I forget what the shots called specifically, but it's something that Wes Anderson likes to do to make the audience feel uncomfortable by like having the shot be directly as if it's mm. like a POV yeah. from your eyes looking into the person talking. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like a head on yeah. shot. Like a shot that's just straight at the actor and the actor's like talking right into the camera pretty much. I actually felt about midway through like this felt like this whole movie felt like bad Wes Anderson like fan fiction. 
Yeah, it was Wes Anderson without all the fun parts. It's Wes Anderson without the style, without the idiosyncratic dialogue that is actually very colorful and, and intelligent. Yeah. It's less intelligent Wes Anderson. <laughs> and yeah, I think it, it kind of felt like that. I think that's a good analogy, actually, because they like overused a lot of those that same shot where it just felt weird. And a lot of the shots kind of felt weird. Definitely not work winning an Oscar or something because no. even the Q&A, he called out like, oh, this might win an Oscar for best cinematography. I mean, yeah, this is Emmanuel Lubezki and he is an amazing cinematographer. But I think part of the problem was is probably some of it of the cinematography issues are pandemic constraints. Yeah, um, because they did clearly shoot all of this on sound stages. Mm-hmm. And I believe Emmanuel Lubezki is the guy who shot the revenant and is very well known for these like yeah it's a revenant Birdman. Yeah, yeah yeah expansive daylight shots using natural light and yeah there was none of that in this which was funny actually in the q a they're like you guys mostly filmed in, in la and he's like no no, no 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 we filmed in france we filmed it and then like margot robbie says later like oh there's a whole scene we're in the we're in this hotel that's actually in la on a in a boat on la and yeah. it's like that's kind of funny where the director is just like we filmed all over the world and then they're like yeah we filmed in this location uh it's in la and filmed in this location it's it's in la i think he was like trying to make a joke but david or russell just like didn't land that the whole interview was very funny actually it was really awkward yeah and also like rami malik didn't even really have a chance to speak at all he's just kind of like he kept getting corrected by either david or russell or christian bale i think christian bale was correcting him in a few moments to try and like save him from accidentally saving, saying something he shouldn't about David O. Russell. Yeah. He's like, what do you think about the acting, right? Like the acting method kind of. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> even you leaned over to me and was like, oh, he's notorious for, for being like a crazy person on set. Yeah, he's like notorious for like throwing fits, throwing shit at actors, telling actors that they should like kill themselves and notoriously very sexist, which I think you kind of get that from the movie. Actually, this movie hates quite a few women. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the most vile characters in this movie are like women who have like they're vile for no other reason than to be vile they don't have any vileness that is relevant to the plot uh christian bale's character's wife yeah what a weird character yeah she's just repugnant for no reason like whole meaning is our whole like character is just there to be like an antagonist to christian bale and uh, to just yeah. like have some kind of oh he's gonna switch in the end kind of thing which is kind of weird and also i hate how it spends so long on just like building up these little things and then all the important stuff they're just like oh we're gonna just explain it in, in dialogue and in like vo or something. in the most mundane way it's like oh everything was solved they happened this happened it's like wh- why what's the point of this movie if you're gonna just like show us a few character scenes and then just explain the main plot for a murder mystery there's no mystery of the murder it's just like vo of christian bale explaining everything post the fact well we don't even care about the mystery the mystery is less interesting than the like drama between the three the trio basically yeah that's clearly what david or russell wanted to focus on i think i i don't even know like and that felt so like stilted and like heteronormative in the most annoying way in an earlier draft of this i kind of wonder if they were like a throuple that would make more sense right it's so weird it's just like 
Yeah, they just decide that Christian Bale's the like third wheel, but he's very happy about it. <laughs> yeah, and also like the whole bond didn't really make sense because also no. like at the beginning, Christian Bale and John David Washington make a pact, but it's more of like the and whole. They're also very fucking queer. Like Christian Bale's character and John David Washington. John David Washington's character are like very queer coded. In a lot of different little ways. I guess, yeah. John David Washington kept trying to get Christian Bale to leave his wife, so, you know. <laughs> and they, like, have these, like, moments where they're, like, singing together and, like, leaning on each other romantically. It's, like, I, I don't know if he just, they decided they didn't want to go that way, but they still kind of wanted to hit at it. Maybe that's what Christian Bale meant by there was earlier drafts that he was kind of picking up on in, in later versions. Like, he was still keeping it a little bit subtext wise right i actually think that might have been a reason for why this movie felt so uh structurally bad is that they had so much left in those original drafts that they kept in the story but couldn't show us because it just they didn't have time yeah and that's a saying something they didn't have time in an already super long drawn out like two and a half hour film yeah yeah it was terrible i i'd say Let's just get it over with. Let's do the opposite of Amsterdam. Wrap up and call it a day. Madrasma. That's the opposite of Amsterdam. Madrasma? Yeah. Yeah. AM. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. AM Amsterdam. All right. So I feel actually I'm kind of curious what, what, you, what your ranking is, though. I know it's not good. So I'm thinking it's either Raisinets or a hot dog. Where is it lie between there? And actually, it's kind of funny. I'll say one thing before I'll I'll give my ranking is that I think recently this show has changed how I watch movies. Interesting. Because I want to learn more about that. (laughs) Yeah. Then talking about this film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think now I start a movie and I have like in my mind the four concession items. (laughs) Really? And I'm like, it slowly like changes like, oh, this is a hot dog. Oh, it's a peanut M&M's. Oh, it's popcorn. And then it like as the movie progresses, it kind of like it would change around. Interesting. Um, This film has been like on the precipice of like hot dog and popcorn for a little bit. And I think as it got more, it kind of was like this is like a hot dog film. And then it kind of by the end, it was like, oh, like, is this a hot dog or a raisinette? I think it's I'm going to give it a hot dog, but it's like a, a cold hot dog. Got it. I think it started for me at a hot dog at the very beginning because of how weird the dialogue was and how unnatural it all felt mm-hmm. um, and not in like a Wes Anderson way where it's like like interesting and stylized in like a way that it's a it's just trying to be weird it's forced and it's hard to follow even and it's there's exposition like nobody's fucking business yeah it's just it's so so boring this movie yeah anyway so i think i started at a hot dog and then it slowly got worse and worse and there were just like little moments that were just like absolute raisins like a few times i saw like actors who were clearly like they flubbed the line that they had said but they kept that take in and i don't know why the fuck they did that like did they not have the time to reshoot it did they decide they wanted it be that way yeah i don't know for what fucking reason this movie for me is a hot dog where the bun is made of raisins i don't know if that's worse than a raisinette or or what (laughs) but it's just unsatisfying and i don't know why it exists 
Uh-huh. Yeah. True. It's a monstrosity. I think, though, it's the reason why film. it never kind of went to Raisinets for me is that even though, for what you said, that's true, but I think there was, like, this little pockets of, like, a little bit fun performances from some of the characters. And I think that, like, just that alone barely kept it a hot dog mm. film for me. But, yes, I completely agree with you. Overall, terrible film. I think it's, honestly, I felt like more of, like, a writing, directing kind of thing that kind of made, was the downfall of this. I, I think, think it, it was, was all David or Russell was the downfall of this. I think it was written better, directed better. Then you had the, the star power. It just needed a stronger story and a stronger direction. I honestly don't... I don't think the story was even the issue like the concept of the story yeah i think the concept is fine actually could be very interesting mm-hmm. it just feels utterly unexplored it was like and a juvenile i feel like for me i always feel like a good idea is easy to make yeah. but it's hard to execute that good idea 100 so i think this was a good idea but it was not executed well yeah utterly frustrating and disappointing yeah well so this is one of the longest movies i think we've reviewed so far this is our shortest recording which is showing you that how overly long this is that we want to just get this done mm-hmm. so yeah. bye <laughs> so we'll see you next week for the next episode we have to run all right till next time bye Good to do. for listening to Concession Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helbeck and myself, Michelangelo White. Music in the episode was created by Joe Part. The show logo and editing was done by the remarkable Yumi White. Let us know your Concession impression on Twitter or on Instagram at Film Cookbook. Yeah, that's all for this week. And it's a short and simple one this week. See you next time. Hope everyone has a great week. Bye.